he compliments me, but it is me that is blessed. So uh, I just had a wonderful day yesterday, and thank you guys for it. And people gave me candy today. Thank you, Stocks. Not like, does this body look like it needs candy, but thank you, Stocks. Yeah, so it's all good. And they got cookies. Well, actually, Margie made me give cookies to Kim, so I didn't get those cookies. (laughs) But Rick, if you feel the grace of God hitting you with one of your subs, I'm good with that, just so that you know. (laughs) Oh, God's doing wonderful things. Hey, we just wanted to, again, continue. This week, all I want for Christmas, I want to find my purpose. So many times we just need to find out, God, what am I supposed to do? What am I, what do you want me to do? And so we're going to talk specifically about Mary today because she's one of the first people to really say yes. Um, and we kind of don't think, we often, uh, well, you know, of course it's Mary. And uh, she was this big, strong woman. And, and we found out, no, she wasn't. She's between 13 and 17 years old. She could have been 15 years old. And, you know, Joseph was 30 or more. And so we start saying, well, she is not uh, the idea of what we thought. Uh, She's a teenager. She's in an arranged marriage. She gets pregnant with God's son. And she handles herself really well. I got to say that for a 15-year-old. She handles herself uh, really well. I don't know if you know of a teenager her age. Okay, yeah, all the parents are, uh-huh. Uh, how would they handle that same situation? I want you to picture what's going on. She's told she's carrying the baby that we use to save all of mankind. And that's what the angel's telling her. And uh, she's the mother that carries the Lord. And that's a pretty high assignment. I mean, to anybody, it doesn't matter what age, you know, you'd be like, wow, that's... But I, I really want us to understand, I think God has a purpose for your life today. He has a plan for your life today. Mary uh, walked on this earth, and I'll tell you, the, her purpose was to bring the Messiah. And that was her main purpose. Isn't that awesome? God knew from the beginning of time. He has a purpose as well for you. Um, so if you're sitting there and you're a lady saying, maybe God wants to use me for that. Jesus already came. That excuse is over. You can't use that one. But God might have something else. But around this time of year, uh, people, they want to say, God, I want to make a difference. I want to be who you want me to be. I want to feel fulfilled in that. I just talked to somebody yesterday about this very subject. Jeremiah 20, 18 says, why did I come forth from the womb to see labor and sorrow that my day should be consumed with shame? Now, this is from the weeping prophet, but I'm just talking about the Bible. So many times we are, I just want to find out what I'm supposed to do. Christmas is, is a time when uh, people reflect on either what has happened to them recently or, or they just don't feel fulfilled or they say uh, suicide rates are at all times high during this time of year and all of that kind of stuff. Now, that's no fun to talk about. I, I get it because they see everybody else happy. Uh, and sometimes we are in circles where we've just learned to put on the happy face. We know that. But depression are at all time high during this time of year. So no matter how old you are, no matter where you're at, God has a great plan for you. God has a purpose for you. He's got a place for you. He's got a plan for you. Say amen to that. Because he does. You may be saying like many, all I want for Christmas, I just want to find that out. God, just tell me what that is. I want to have meaning. I want to do what I was created to do. And so to discover our purpose, we have to put our hand to that. The Bible says that he blesses the work of our hands. If we are not doing anything to follow God or saying, God, I, you know, what do you want me to do? Zero plus zero, no matter what, unless you went to a school that I don't know about, is still zero. You've got to put your hand to it. So many times in society today, and it really, especially in Christian circles, 
we have what my pastor would say is a mailbox mentality. We just, we're going to sit and wait on God. Well, God wants that to happen. He's going to do it. I'm just going to wait for the postman to bring me the check from, you know, publisher's clearinghouse or whatever. I'm not saying that you could never get a check from that, but I'm just saying most likely it's not going to happen that way. Uh, and we want to put our hand to something instead of saying, God, you, you do this. God has already done everything. And that's the concept that I have to understand myself sometimes. Jesus isn't going back to the cross again. He's already done that. Everything that is needed that you need has been provided for you. It's already there. What we have to do is put our hand to it and get it from the the faith kingdom into the kingdom right now where we are part of the faith kingdom, but we're living, as my wife said, we're just, we're here. How many understand that? We've got to figure, Lord, show me the purpose. What do you want me to do? If you've got something for me, how many would know that he's going to provide for it? Today, we're going to look at Mary's life and we're going to watch that principle unfold. Vision is unfolded as you step out in faith, as you do it. It doesn't happen. You know, that's faith is the. um, It is stuff that you can't see. It doesn't take faith once you see it. You, You have to. God, is this what you want? Okay, I'll do that. God is going to ask you to do your part. He's already done his part. And then by faith, you'll pull that in. Here's our number one point today, our first one anyway. As we discover our purpose, we experience, number one, an encounter with God. Makes sense to me. We really can't do anything with our life without an encounter with God. If we want to find out our purpose, why we are here, then we have to talk to the person that made us. We have to go back and say, God, the designer, what do we do? We can't live our life on purpose if we don't get with the creator to find out what that is. How many have ever had a a car that got recalled? There's a, I mean, just think about it. God created you, and sometimes we get off course, and maybe something's not, and he's going, hello! I just need to tell you that's not why I created you. Some people are just running from the Lord because I don't want to hear that. No, I, I don't want that. And God is saying, hello! Luke 1, 26 and 28. In the sixth month, an angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph the house of david the virgin's name was mary having come in the angel said to her rejoice highly favored one the lord is with you blessed are you among women now i'm just going to tell you you might i don't want you to freak i've seen angels before i don't know if any of them were gabriel or not but gabriel was kind of he was like god's dude man gabriel was like bond james bond that's i mean gabriel was like i need you to do this assignment so remember zachariah zachariah was elizabeth's husband uh he was the father of john the baptist who and john was the cousin of jesus okay so six months john's about six months older than jesus gabriel appeared to him just like mary i mean there's god is setting all of this stuff up there if you look at abraham isaac jacob moses gideon paul they had radical incredible encounters with god well brett that's never happened to me i'd be looking for it you're like, oh, don't freak me out. I don't want an angel coming into my room. Can I tell you something? God knows what you need and what you don't need. When I got saved, when I got saved, I was so scared and consumed with fear of Jesus was going to appear to me in a white robe with this bright light. And, and I, in my mind, I had him pictured as the, uh, 
I want to say it was a TV movie or whatever, Jesus of Nazareth. The guy that plays that Jesus, this is no offense against him, but to me, he looked like Jesus drug out on drugs. I mean, like if I was a kid, there is no way I'm sitting on his lap. He was creepy looking. And I, all I could think in my mind was, oh my gosh, he's going to come to me in this big light and he's going to have this bony finger and he's going to go, Brett. And he's going to point it at me and go like that. And I'm going to just, ah, and die right on spot. <laughs> and you, we laugh, but I'm telling you, this is a true story. I got saved January 2nd, 1980. Now, uh, I was 20 years old. 20 years old, and I asked my mom and dad, this is how much I was afraid. Can I sleep on the floor in your room? Now, that stays here, just saying. That's not even in my notes. That stays right. And my mom, of course, my mom is, you know, moms are awesome. Or not moms awesome. Mom, you could be 75, and mom would be, come here, baby. My mom called me yesterday, and I, I, you know, hello? And it was on my dad's phone, which really shocked me that my mom called on my dad's phone. And she immediately Happy birthday, my baby boy. <laughs> I mean, Mom, just say happy birthday. You don't have to sing a song you made up. But anyway, back to my story. So I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling all night. You know, when you get saved, do you not feel that way? I'm wrestling like, you know, and the enemy, and the battle is where? It's between your two ears, right? And that's what he's doing. He's, nothing happened. You're still the same. You're a loser. You didn't get saved. No, 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 no. My sister led me to the Lord. So, I'm, you know, but I knew something happened because I, I knew what changed inside me. But I'm laying on the ground and the whole time I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm scared to death. You know, and I'm just waiting on, Brett. I'm just waiting on that. And then this is what really happened. I'm laying on my mom and dad's floor. My dad wasn't real crazy about the idea. My mom was like, sure, honey, you can sleep right there. My dad is like, you're 20. <laughs> but I wasn't scared like I, I was just scared of the Lord. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm just, I was kind of freaked out. And it was a different kind of scare. I don't know. So anyway, to make a long story short, I'm laying there, and it must be 2 or 3 in the morning or something. And you ever been somewhere and you feel like somebody is looking at me? Someone is in the room. So, I mean, already, all the hairs on my body are going, hey. They're already starting to break dance. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, and I know he's behind me. And I'm laying on the floor. Mom and dad are up there. And I, you know, you don't want to turn around. You know, have you had a dream where you want to holler out for Jesus and you can't because you're so scared? Well, I wasn't doing that. I turned around because all of a sudden I wasn't feeling that kind of fear. It's really weird. And here was a man standing in the doorway, and there, through my mom and dad's room at the house we lived in, the bathroom was right across the hall, and mom always had a nightlight in the bathroom because if she got up in the middle of the night, you have to have some kind of light because she couldn't find her way. I mean, you know, so she has to have that light. So the glow from that, the nightlight in the bathroom was shining, and I couldn't hardly make out his face, and he was standing just like this. Had his hands on his lapels of his jacket. Had a three-piece suit on. The very suit identical to the one I wore to the prom that year. <laughs> What's weird. No white robe. No angel announcement. No bright light. No bony finger. His hair was about down to his shoulders. And I have a picture in my barn uh, that, that is, at the time, the closest I could find that looked like, like that. And he, he, just, he was looking at me. 
and he tilted his head and the light from the bathroom hit the side of his face and he had a beard and he had a big smile on his face. And he was just like that. And I, I mean, I felt, I didn't feel scared. I just felt this peace hit my, my being and I, I rolled over and said, Mom, Dad! Like that, and of course my dad's like, <laughs> and he was gone. But that experience was one of those that was just like, God did that for me. He did that for me. What I was afraid of, he took that away. And he put, he put himself in something that I, you know, I, I was used to. I was like, that was my suit. He had my suit on. I have, I'm a designer now, see, because Jesus is wearing my stuff. So, I, so anyway, be, be on guard. Just say, Lord, I, just, I need an impression, perhaps a, a thought. Maybe you're like, I don't need an angel visitation. Okay, I'm not God. That's between you and God. But I'm just saying, he has a purpose for you. These, all these people we're talking about that pushes them because they had a wow experience. Something that made them go, that was God. There's no other explanation, that was God. And so we structure here at TLC, we even put our weekend services and our Wednesday services so that most people, if we can get them in the door, that God can even maybe just wow them some way. That they will have a relationship encounter with him that will just grow and then later he can wow them again or do whatever he wants. Because... It isn't just meant to be studied. God is meant to be experienced. He is meant to to live inside you and you to live for him. Here comes point number two. We experience confusion and fear of the enemy. When we get that wow moment, or maybe we have that encounter with God, so many times the enemy, like I said, when I got saved, that didn't happen. It isn't this way. It isn't the same. We want it to be the opposite, but... We want it just to be smooth sailing. So many times it doesn't happen that way. Luke one twenty nine. when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The enemy's trying to always get you off focus. When God does something to you and it's so incredible, it's, it's amazing that, you know, we, we go tell people and we, and that's good and we're supposed to, but the enemy wants to get you off course. Mary's trying to figure out exactly what the angel meant. And we kind of play this down. Because, you know, we just, we just do. We, we look at Mary as maybe a, a more older woman that's just more, you know, but she's just trying to, hmm. You know, one of the versions says she pondered these things. Pondering is just kind of like, hmm, yeah. So we, kinda, we, we just kind of play that down a little bit, but let's just think about this for a second. 15-year-old girl, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be the savior of the world. Have you ever met a 15-year-old girl? Have you ever seen how a 15... I could ask all the 15-year-old girls to stand, which I will not do at this point. But, I mean, if you think about that, she knows how that works, and she knows that hasn't happened. Could you imagine? I could just see her. Gabriel shows up. She's 15-year-old. So, oh, oh, oh. I mean, what other 15-year-old girl would just be, hmm... Just as you said. In, in today's time, they'd be Gabriel. <laughs> That's going to be great. I'm putting that on Facebook. <laughs> Can you see that? I mean, she'd be like, OMG, OMG. She'd be texting her friends. I got visited by an angel. You're like, you are nuts, girl. You know, what about Gabriel? Gabriel's like, why teenagers, Lord? Why teenagers? <laughs> but I think we would probably do the same thing. 
I mean, seriously, I really almost, your age would be, you know, maybe God has shown you or given you a dream. He speaks to people in dreams. Maybe he said, start a company, do this, give that, do, you know, whatever. And you, you're just like, oh, I'm not sure. Homeschool your kids. I don't want to homeschool my kids. You know, but God says, I, this is what I need you to do. And you do that. You see, his capacity for you is far beyond our human limitations. He's got stuff for you. He's got a purpose for you. Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. We got to look past our own mindset. We put God in this box. I'm telling you, Mary has to go, wow, this is far past me. But, you know, the Bible says she says, okay. God's saying, I'm going to change the course of human history through my son, and you're going to be his mom. And this is what happens. Say, what? I mean, in the beginning. She does this. Uh, this is what we'd be doing. What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> How's that going to happen? The enemy, remember, is always trying to get you off course. So point number three, when that happens, we experience insecurity from the enemy. God's got, he's going to help you with your purpose. I'm telling you, God's not playing hide-and-seek with you. He's going to show you the plan. He's going to help you as you put your hand to it. We would love to be bold and operate in faith. But we did like Mary, Luke 1, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? You know what she's saying? I know how this works. Me no, mm-mm. Mary states the obvious. I've got physical limitations. I understand. She turned it, what I'm saying is she turned it inside. She made it about her, and that's what we do. We make it about us. She said, let me give you some reasons why this isn't going to work. I've never been with anybody. Zechariah did the same thing. He told the angel, he said, I'm too old. Gideon said, I don't have what it takes. I'm not a fighter. Have you seen me seriously? Moses did it too. I don't speak well. You see, God wants to have an encounter with you. He wants to tell you you have purpose. And we do what they did. God, you don't mean me. That's what I told God when he called me into the ministry. I said, you don't want me. I want right away. Are you? Hello? Most of our insecurity revolves around our purity and how we've lived our lives. God, you don't know all the things I've done. You know what? Yes, he does. That's why we tell God, not me. I'm messed up. I got the T-shirt for messing things up. You want me to mess some things up? I can do that. Have you noticed that God uses normal people to do what needs to be done? (laughs) David killed a guy, slept with a girl. Moses killed a guy. God looks at the heart. He doesn't pass sin off. David certainly was repentant. What I'm saying is this. God looks at your heart. Now, on the flip side of bad is good, and really, if we're looking at good, we're talking about Mary. She has no testimony of deliverance. She was not possessed by several demons. She's she's not been a party girl. She's a virgin. She's never done anything. She's never been drunk. She feels she's not qualified to speak to anybody. She's never stolen, never murdered. And we almost look at some of those testimonies like, well, those aren't so good. Let's get the person that was in prison for, you know, and I'm thankful for deliverance. I'm thankful for forgiveness. But I think sometimes we miss the best testimonies are people that stayed with God and never had any of it. 
And we look at those as almost we downplay those, but how awesome is that? Mary's saying, I'm not the one. And, and the things that we will tell God that will disqualify us are the things that will qualify us for God. I love those testimonies that say, I got saved when I was four. That's awesome. Parents are doing your job. Interesting point. Again, the things in our minds that we would say, That's, you can't want me, are the very things God uses to qualify us. Isaiah seven fourteen. The baby must be born of a virgin. Mary says, I can't produce any babies. I've never been with a guy. God says, and that's why I picked you. I've made too many mistakes, Lord. God says, I'm going to use your mistakes to help somebody else not make all those same mistakes. Luke 137, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So when God speaks to us, we often respond in fear and tell him why we won't be successful. We'll work through all that stuff. We'll realize that God has a plan and he has a purpose and he knows what he's doing. He'll help us overcome our insecurities, our weakness, our moments that we say, ah. Paul says when we're weakest, that's when he's strongest. Here's our goal and our last point is number four. Decide to be obedient. When he speaks to us, we get that encounter. We, the enemy wants to make us afraid. We start becoming insecure, and we could yield to that stuff. But finally, just like Mary, we need to say, I'll do it. I'll do it. Luke one thirty eight. Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, I think Mary was ahead of her time for her age. I got after my son Samuel one time because he wasn't home. We didn't know where he was. We lived in a cul-de-sac neighborhood. I was out yelling for him. Where are you? He was down clear at the end of the cul-de-sac sitting on the front porch of an old man that had been kind of mean. He's down there leading him to Jesus. You talk about feeling like you're a father that's just like, oh, Samuel, Charles, where have you been and what have you done? Dad, I was just down the street telling him about Jesus. <laughs> okay, go talk to your mother. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just saying, let's, let's just get our hearts right with God. Paul, he used to kill Christians, thought he was doing what God wanted him to do. You ever wonder if God tried to tell Paul to quit? You know, he's thinking he's serving God. There's a lot of people in church today, I'm serving God, I'm serving God, but they're totally off his will and totally off kilter somewhere, and somehow they're trying to put God's stamp on it. You ever think God just says, hey, Skippy, stop it? <laughs> Sometimes we think this. We think that God's will is like in the picnic race at the church picnic. We put that spoon in our mouth and put the egg on it try to walk we think oh it's so delicate what if i mess this up what if i do this what if i what if i i you know i i, I can't take the pressure can i just say this he's bigger than that if you drop the egg he's got more he'll fix it he'll help you uh it's not that delicate jonah knew he was supposed to go to nineveh the hard part was not knowing i'm, I'm telling you, i'm talking to people now you already know what god's telling you to do it's not knowing you just don't want to do it The hard part is saying yes. That's the hard part. I fought God on all kinds of things. I fought God on, he said, you need to give this young man your vehicle. I don't want to give this young man my vehicle, God. You need to, well, you can need to all day long. He can't have it. 
And after about two weeks of that, I finally just said, he can have it. And then when I did that, the, they had money right in my, here, take, just take the money. And I wanted to go, yes. And God said, you can't take a penny for it. Finally, I just said, could you please just take the, the truck and go? Just go. Be obedient. The hard part is saying yes and doing it. Mary's challenge wasn't knowing what God's will was. The angel spelled that out. He told her what was going to happen. The challenge was she had to go through what's going to happen. How's that going to happen? What's that mean the Holy Spirit's going to come on? Will Joe divorce me? I mean, what's going to happen with the family? How's that going to look to everybody? What's, you know, I'm not sure what to do. Her hard part was just saying yes. Jonah boarded his ship to Tarsus when he knew he was supposed to go to Nineveh. Got caught in a big storm. Can you relate? Sometimes we get ourselves in storms, don't we? God has spoken to us about doing something, and we just... My sister used to run in her closet, plug her ears, because she didn't want to hear me getting sick or anything. True story. You want to tell her she would get me sick because she'd pay me money to drink mustard water and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go drink it and then be like, oh, it's coming back. <laughs> and she'd be, la, 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 la. I'm thinking, was it worth the quarter? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the life and times of Pastor Britt. The story goes on. Jonah gets swallowed by a fish and then spit out on land. Uh, and the Bible still doesn't say he was escorted to Nineveh. There weren't angels that showed up, cleaned him up, said, okay, let's go now. But then God spoke to him again and said, one more time, are you going to do what I ask you to do? Sometimes some of us are going through stuff because you're just not listening. And you don't want to be obedient. Maybe God wants you to go to not Nineveh, Nineveh, but maybe he's telling you to do something else. There are things in Nineveh we may not like. But the hard part of the plan is just saying yes and doing it as an instructor. Now, I've got some more stuff to do. It's 10.04. Can you give me just a few more minutes? I told a couple stories that weren't in my notes. So I'm, I want to get through this because I think you need it. I need it. Most of us, if we think really down inside, if you've had one of those wow moments and you've just like, ah, I've just put it off, I've just put it off, I've just put it off, and you feel your heart beating stronger now, God's talking to you. The mission unfolds our purpose when we say yes. If we say no, sometimes we just get stuck in the storm. We say yes, we have to go through stuff to accomplish the mission. Either way, we have stuff. The cool thing is if we go and say yes, then God makes the way. And that works out. I've been on both sides. What happens when you say yes? I'm going to give you three things and I'll finish this. Number one, you get the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke one thirty five says, The angel answered, said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, without the Holy Spirit, this whole thing would not have been possible. So here's the problem that we have today. If we're a believer, we have God's Spirit living inside of us. The problem is, He, or the Holy Spirit, He's not allowed to do what He's called to do in our lives because He's a gentleman. We have uh, authority. What we do with Jesus in, involves eternity, where you'll spend forever, heaven or hell. That's what we do. What we do with the Holy Spirit 
involves what we do here before we get to eternity. Think about what I just said. What we do with Jesus involves where we go forever. What we do with his spirit as we walk this out involves how we walk it out before we go for forever. You know, what happens is we all know crazy and weird people, and there are people that don't know God, and so they attribute God to crazy and weird people. You've been in service sometimes, and sometimes there's some things that are crazy and weird. Sometimes they're of God, and they're just not of, but other times they're, they're just people. And so we put up that Diana, Diana Ross stop. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to see, you know, other times it's just God doing what God does and it's uncomfortable and I get that and we, we've talked about that somewhat before. But what happens if we don't let the Holy Spirit do what God has called him to do, that is God, that's the third person of the Trinity. Holy Spirit is God. If we don't let God do what he needs to do in our lives, that's why we return to the same sins. Did you hear that? If we let God do what he needs to do, then he gives us the power, help me somebody, to step out of that stuff into another dimension and experience freedom, experience life, experience purpose, experience forgiveness. And we can have peace instead of condemnation. We can have peace instead of guilt. We can have freedom. But we have to let God be God. I want to have power to walk in victory. And God has given me that. Do I want to use it or do I want to just keep it dormant? Some of you are still getting to heaven, but your trip on the way there is pretty miserable. Nobody wants that. God doesn't want that. You don't need that. Let God be God. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and to all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit does a lot of cool stuff, but the ultimate result of him being in our lives is to carry out God's purpose, to win more people for Christ, to let them see God through you. The next thing, number two, you'll need the the support of godly relationships. If you're going to make it, you're going to need the support of godly relationships. Luke 1, 42 and 45, and again, I'm, I'm hurrying. She spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why this is granted to me that another of my Lord should come to me. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting surrounded my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, this is Elizabeth. This is Zachariah's wife. She's pregnant with John the Baptist. And what she's saying is, when I heard this, the baby inside me leaped. God wants to do something with you big, beyond your ability beyond what you could ask or think. He wants to do things with you and show how strong he is in your life. But you're going to need people around you that'll support you, that'll see God moving and say, I believe in you. I believe in what you're doing. I I can see what God is doing in your life. I can see potential. I believe in your future. You got to stay away from people that want to keep you down. I mean, you can love them, but you you can't really hang out with that if they're always going to complain and always bring the you know the dopey mopies and all of that stuff you gotta you know if you want to stay with turkeys you know what i mean i mean you love them but we eat turkeys (laughs) or you want to fly with eagles you got to start saying who's gonna who how can i 
how can I get better than the way I am right now? God, help me with that. Surround yourself with the kind of people that have the same kind of faith and build you up so they can see what God sees. At Mary saw Elizabeth. Now, I want you to understand, remember how old Mary is. Elizabeth, remember how old Zachariah? Zachariah is an old man. And that's why he said, I'm too old. So this is going to be her mentor. You know, this isn't as much a colleague as somebody she can, she allows to speak into her life and all of that kind of stuff. So Mary's 15. Elizabeth now is too old to have children. So she's, you know, this is, I, I really never thought of that before. But she confirms everything the angel told Mary. It's important to surround yourself with people that are being used of God that will confirm everything that God told you. And they'll do that because God will make that happen. Mary doesn't feel crazy. She feels validated. Can I tell you it's important to be at a place where you don't feel tolerated but where you feel celebrated? That's really huge. So Mary feels, she feels validated. She feels celebrated. Matthew one twenty four. Joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him and uh, his wife. What if Joe would have just said, I'm out of here. I'm bailing. I mean, she's pregnant. I didn't do it. Um, but she had people that supported her and, and believed in her and willing to adjust their lives to make her life successful. Joseph was visited and believed and said, okay, I'm going to make this thing work. I wouldn't be here today if it was not for the lovely lady giving announcements. You know, and, and her help in, and uh, really raising our wonderful kids. And you know, people have said, man, your kids are just awesome. Well, you know what? They came from awesomeness. And she's helped raise, you know, I helped. I'm not saying that, but I mean, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my kids that surround me and say, Dad, I believe in what God's called you to do. They've been with us in ministry from the very beginning. I thank you for my parents who have uh, been behind me. They're in Florida, but have still been behind me. I got my Sunday morning preaching call today. I thank you for my wife's parents who have been with us since we've been back to town. My sister and her and brother-in-law and her family and Katie and Amy and them. You know, I thank for, for the Wyatts that came to the house on the first meeting. Um, and, and the list could go on. You know, I'm thankful for the Claytons. The Shreks have been with us for a long time. And, and, and again, on and on. I'm thankful for the... Furman and Gretchen that God sent over here and and Puckett's and I mean just so many people that I, I could just go down the list of what God is doing you know I I have been in different places ministering and I've taken Kim with me and and she's come with me and okay we're moving and we're going over here we're accepting this position and and okay and I mean she's just come with me it hasn't always been a walk in the park folks matter of fact I don't think it's ever been a walk in the park uh there have been nights where i wanted to quit honestly just wanted to quit cried myself to sleep god is it supposed to be this way i'm toast stick a fork in me i'm done i don't know what else to do but somehow people that believed in what god had called me to do and i would get a phone call from somebody in missouri or something that said hey brad i just felt to encourage you today the lord told me you know keep going and i believe in what you're doing you know just be these incredible timing of god God will send somebody to you. I know it's 1013. I have one more point, okay? This is our third of the things that happen when we say yes. You're going to exercise patience to trust God's timing. And this is in here, and one of the reasons I know it's in here is because Kim and I just talked about this. We just talked in the kitchen the other day. She turned around to me and she goes, Patience, honey. We need patience. And that's not a big building with people in it. We're talking about patience, just Hebrews says, faith and patience bring the promise. 
you'll exercise patience and trust God's timing. Once we say yes to God, we let God do what he is called to do, the Holy Spirit inside us. We surround us with people who believe in us and what we are called to do. Then we position ourselves for success. We want it to be like this. But it doesn't always happen like that, does it? Well, we want it. We want it to be just like bewitched. Or I dream of genie. You know, it doesn't happen like that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Abraham was 25 uh, years older after the promise came for Isaac. I'm just saying, you know, he'd be like, oh, it's going to happen now. Well, 25 years later. Uh, David still watched sheep for a long time until he took over as king. He was anointed way before then. Maybe you're here today and you know back in high school or maybe grade school or somewhere years ago or maybe just recently God spoke to you and you've put it off. I've put it back. I don't want God. I don't know. You don't need me. But God has timing for everything and you need patience. You may think it's too late. It's never too late with God. For such a time as this, Acts 17, 26, he made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. God has got this thing set up for you. The Bible says in Romans 5, 6, that at the right time, Jesus came. I mean, if you think about that, think of all the things that had to happen. How long it takes for a baby? Nine months. The census. Get to Bethlehem. The time to be delivered. All of those things. Think about how God put that together. Timing is amazing. The road system was developed at that time by the Roman Empire so that there were roads nearly to every place that you needed to go so the gospel could be preached. And everybody about that time was speaking almost the same language so the gospel could be preached. Think of the timing. I'm going to have Kim come to the keyboard. If you bow your head with me, the prayer team's going to be coming.